Once upon a time, many moons ago, two righteous dudes split a 12-pack and talked about stuff. These are their stories. gentlemen all over the world uncle jared here again with another history lesson for you you guys remember that game tetherball you know that game in elementary school where you basically just tried to beat your friends with a ball on a string attached to a pole well historians think they have found the origins of that game they deduce that it comes from a 9th century tartar ritual you confused yet let old uncle jared walk you through it now step one find your enemy Step two, kill your enemy. Step three, cut their head off. Step four, tie a rope around said head, then the other end of rope to a pole. Step five, pick up a stick. Step six, gather up some friends and have a good time. See, it's not that different from now, but you sure wouldn't want, wouldn't want to be on the losing end of that game. Shirts off, gym shorts on. It's time to cannonball in the deep end and get weird with us. The podcasting tower of power. It's the 12-pack podcast with AJ and Jared. Hashtag fuck party 2020. Hashtag not a scam. Hashtag just one nipple. Hashtag you can't fuck them all in the ass. And hashtag don't fake the funk. Especially on a nasty dunk. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the 12-Pack Podcast with myself, AJ, and my glorious, handsome co-host, Jared. We, uh, we're still here. We're still going. People still like listening to this show. And if they don't, nobody's told me, and they're all, they're all still listening to us, so be that it is may. Um, have I told you our list of countries that we're in has grown exponentially? No, I, I, I was going to ask you about that towards the end of the show, but you know, cause you always say, you know, everyone around the world, but we well, are, I don't want people to feel not included. If you're listening to us in a foreign land, I want you to know that you're as much my friend as someone who in this country listens to us and say, cause I remember bringing up obviously Ireland cause the, mm-hmm. that dude and a half in Ireland, we got Germany. Yep. Somebody yep. in Germany is listening to us. Mexico. Singapore. France. Okay. And newly added South Africa. Well, alrighty then. We are we're we're uh we're almost pit bull Our global footprint is expanding. Yes. Soon. Soon, the whole world will know our might. Well, your might and my clever way of wording things to confuse people. So, they'll be so confused by me that you'll just come in and start smashing. (laughs) You'll be the Danny DeVito meme. So I started blasting. (laughs) So I started blasting. (laughs) So, uh, hope everybody's week uh, is going to be a good one. Uh, it's it's Saturday now, but Monday when you listen. So I hope hope this week's a good one. 
Uh, this last week was pretty fucking rainy and gross. All all week was not a fan. Yeah, aside aside from like Thursday and Friday. Well, last night it was rainy as shit, but before then, yeah, it, it was, was just warm, gross. unseasonably warm, which I was okay with. But I'm I'm a fan of colder weather, so I'm. I don't know if you saw Snapchat. I was this okay morning. with too, but I don't. I don't like Mother Nature teasing me like this. Like it's gonna be warm enough to play golf in November. Yeah, jo- jokes on you, nerd. <laughs> yeah. So I I because I was uh, thinking I was thinking yesterday, man, if it's this nice, what's the weekend look like? I might might be able to squeeze some golf in. I checked the weather, and the weather said <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, because it was a brisk thirty-eight degrees when I woke up at eight o'clock this morning. Uh, yeah. Which I don't know if you saw Snapchat this morning <laughs> as I was very giddy because it is my yeah, favorite time of year. It is knit hat season, Jared. I know. Us, us knit hat that wearers rejoice. all year for you. Yeah, I uh, I wised up a touch. I, I no longer wear knit hats in fucking 75 degree weather. Um. I know Peapod is probably very excited, and is as it is track jacket weather for Peapod, and we all know Peapod yeah, loves Peapod a good track, love jacket. track jackets. It's uh, it's kind of his thing. So I'm sure yeah. he's I'm sure he's celebrating. Never, never met a man who's more fond of a track jacket than Peapod. <laughs> and you'll be hard pressed to find someone that loves him more than Peapod. And if you do find them, yeah. send them Peapod's way. They could have a track jacket face off. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. that entails, but they'll figure it out. So aside from the weather being weird, uh, how was your week this week? It was pretty good. I got some good streams in. Uh, finished uh, Kingdoms of Amalur by accident. Uh, <laughs> did you do it on stream at least? So now I'm just, well, yeah, I did. I beat it on stream. But, like, I wasn't planning on playing towards the end. And I forgot that, because you know how most RPGs, they give you the you know, this is the last chance. You won't be able to return from this. And I forgot that Amalur doesn't do that. If you start playing like the last two missions, you're pretty much locked in to, to beat the game. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Hey, so fuck you. Yeah. So I did that. And then, uh, I watched, uh, and I will just get it out of the way. Now I watched a very entertaining, uh, evening of among us, with uh, when uh, AOC decided to uh, broadcast, which I thought was really cool, and the fact that she got four hundred and thirty thousand viewers, yeah, which was bananas. fucking bananas. Um, do you want to go into that now? I mean, we can. It doesn't matter it, unless you want to. Unless you want to talk about your week first, then we'll jump back into uh, Among Us. Well, here was my week. I did a lot of working. I did a lot of moping. And I did a lot of video game playing. I had a uh, bit of a bad week. Work-wise, it was okay. Uh, mentally, I had a, a little bit of a setback from the week before. But I've pushed through it. Um, just got a little got a little of the sads back in me. But like like the man I am, all of us. I pushed him back out. Like a big, I'm flexing on, on camera. Is that what you're doing? Okay, there we go. I couldn't tell the other way. (laughs) Yeah, but say I just look like I'm standing funny otherwise. Yeah, Um, yeah, you just look like you got your hands on the arms of your chair. 
Like, like, like you're going to get up, but you can't. Yeah, like, I'm getting ready to make some stern dad noises as I get out of this chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> dad. Hey, dad. Uh, but other than that, I was pretty much doing the same thing you were doing, playing video games, watching streams, watching a lot of Dr. Lupo, and falling more and more in love with that man. <laughs> and he's a class act, I tell you. He's ya. just a fucking but, amazing No, man. I... Yeah, no, but well, I mean, whether you whether you agree with her politics or not, the fact that like she put it out there that she wanted to play Among Us with some big streamers, and she did like Pokemon played, Hassan played, Doctor Lupo played. Uh, later on, like uh, Valkyrie played. Like there were there so there were some big there were some big streamers, and like I said, she got for over four hundred thousand viewers, which is fucking those are doc those are doc numbers what was more incredible yeah those 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 are no go ahead y'all go ahead i mean that's that was just bananas well uh, she she, i thought i thought it was cool that that she came in and she played and it was just like she was just like like i said whether you agree with her politics or not like to come in and do something like that just to try and get people to vote because i think people underestimate like how much power like twitch and youtube as far especially now as far as streaming entities how many viewers are actually on on those yeah. platforms yeah she got four hundred thirty thousand viewers but there are millions of people watching twitch at any given time all hours of the day and night well and you gotta so think too everything from video games to people sleeping yeah which we gotta capitalize in that market by the way um, especially yours. Just, we'll just make you sleep without your mask. It's a life and death situation. To me. But it's, and the thing about it too is like, yeah, she's got like 430 some thousand, but there's probably people just watching those streamers that she's playing with that are also getting the, that, yeah. that same thing. And I didn't really catch a lot of, yeah, her, cause like, I know one point at one point that yeah, I know one point that night Lupo had like 20 to 25,000. And then, you know, you got everyone else. Pokemon typically draws in about 30,000 viewers whenever she streams. So, I mean, that's bananas. Yeah, that's... She probably had anywhere between half a million to probably about 600,000 at any given point on top of her 430. Because there was 600,000 total viewers watching Among Us and 436,000 of them were her. It's incredible. Yeah. And from what I saw of her her playing, she didn't really push her platform. She didn't I I don't know if maybe I missed no, it. No, she was just she was just and No, really what she was there for was to just try and get people to vote, like to reach out to young people and get them to vote. Whether they voted for her or not, I don't think that was the point. No, I, think I it was just the point to get them out there to vote, and she didn't like I watched most of the street most of the whole stream and there was nothing about, there was really nothing political going on there. She was just hanging out, murdering people, just like everyone else in Among Us. I know so, a couple of the... Doing your the, tasks, being a task Andy. She was, important. she was being a task Andy. And there were a couple of times I heard some of the streamers like ask her questions on certain things. And she would answer them, but that was really it. She wasn't yeah. there to push her agenda. She wasn't there to... To push, oh, you know, vote for this person or that person. She, it was very, very much a, just fucking vote. Do your yeah. America and, duty. And the thing, and the, and I think the thing that goes, 
that a lot of people will probably miss from that is that she does she managed to do something that a lot of politicians have a hard time at. She just came off like a normal fucking person. Yeah, like she didn't see like she was just my and I think I mentioned she this was to just you. there like, hanging out playing. Yeah, she was just playing Among Us with some. It was like she was just playing with some friends that she's known for a while. And I like I told you when we were watching. I'm not a fan of her personally, politics aside, because I think she's very over the top and a little crazy. Um, but I was just, I kind of saw her a little differently because of this, because she was just so normal. She was just so chill and down to earth. And she got into the, you know, the arguments. I think her political background definitely helped her in some of them arguments. Um, (laughs) so I know Lupo was very excited when he was able to uh, snipe her and, uh, the other politician, I guess, that was in there with her, um, yeah, because they were the killers, and he was like, "That's gonna be a title." So <laughs> it's just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like having that, just being able to be that chill and calm. She's gonna connect with a broader audience that most politicians won't get because she's in a market where there's so many eyes and. Typically, gamers are those weird kids that were like, well, my vote doesn't matter. Myself being Mm -hmm. one of those formerly. And it's just, it was nice to see, and you'll probably see it more now after her numbers were so fucking bananas. There probably will be other politicians who try it. There could have been ones that already have. We just don't know about it because they're not as big a name as AOC. But... Mm-hmm. I think it was a smart move to connect to such a, a big audience on, on their part to get those votes. Mm-hmm. No, like, like I said, you know, agree, agree with her or not, you know, I just, I thought that, that was, I thought that the gesture overall, I just thought it was cool to try and, you know, just be, you know, basically just be a person and walk into a situation without an agenda not promoting anything aside from, you know, everyone doing their civic duty and voting, regardless yeah. of who you vote for. Get out there and get your voice heard. I just, I, I thought, I thought that that was cool, and I just, you know, I thought that was a cool way to try and reach people in an untapped way, because you know, not, you know, I, I can't imagine there are a lot of politicians that, that are going to be like, hey, let's play Among Us with some sweaty Twitch streamers. Hello, fellow kids. How are you? It is just, man, yeah. Could you imagine? Yes. Like, let let us let us play the games of young people. <laughs> that, that's how the elections won this year. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, Joe Jorgensen. Uh, I forget her running mate's name, and anybody else running for president on the undercards if you will, of political parties. Uh, they have to play Among Us. <laughs> if the, That'd Don, be great. Donald Trump, Mike Pence, are the imposters. It's already preset. Nobody knows it, though. If they win as imposter, they get to stay in office. Uh, however many crewmates are left, if they lose, duke it out in rock, paper, scissors. And that's how we get a president. I think that's a. Uh, I don't know. I think it's solid. Make it happen. You, you might. You might be onto something. 
Can we just get Donald Trump to play? But no, among I also us? appreciate. Huh? Can we just get Donald Trump to play Among Us? I think that'd be hilarious. Or I, Joe I, Biden. I'm not the Joe, murderer. Joe Biden doesn't know where he is half the time. Imagine him trying to explain where his pathing was and fucking from fucking specimen to lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh but no, and then another cool thing about that stream too, especially if you're watching from uh Dr. Lupo's point of view, as always, uh he tends to take a running shit on his audience when when they say things that he doesn't appreciate. And uh, this this night was no different. And I the message behind it is more what I thought was cool. He had a, a subscriber who had been subscribing to him. I think they just re up for like another twenty months. months. It was twenty eight something months. like that. Twenty eight. And uh, and they basically told him that you know they can't even though he's a great streamer they can't support that he's playing with a AOC. game with someone that they don't agree with politically, which I think is ridiculous. Like, well, he said, not... I can't believe you're playing with her. You and your friends are all fucks or something. I think he even dropped a yeah. uh, dropped a cunt. In no, that no, message. yeah, no. He he called them. He called them all cunts. That's right. And Lupo's not the kind of like a lot of streamers just take shit and they just like, oh, okay, whatever, and keep going. So they keep that person subscribed. Lupo don't give a single fuck because he went after that guy. Oh. Yeah. Went after that guy hard. Yeah, for Banned like and him the whole the whole nine yards. That was, I just thought I just thought that was cool that he you know, well that then he was he was also standing up for the hey we're not pushing an agenda we're just here to fucking get people to vote and play among us and yell at each other. Yeah, we're just playing video games and encouraging people to do, you know, their America duty and vote. And yeah, I mean it even carried into last night's stream. Where another guy said something. Yes. And my favorite part about this, there was a band that they were playing with last night that Lupo was helped promoting. Um, and they were playing the music in the background, which if anybody follows Twitch like Jared and I do, there's a whole big copyright thing going around with with music and shit with Twitch. And there's a whole big controversy going on. But for him to play music was kind of different because of DMCA shit. But he was dancing. He was feeling the music. He was already killed by somebody, so he was just dancing. And this guy said something. Lupo brings the camera, like, right up to his face. All of, The whole camera's his face, and he's smiling, just vibing, and just tells this guy to go fuck himself. <laughs> and it's, and it's yeah. easily one of my favorite things that I've ever seen on Twitch. The fact that Lupo doesn't tolerate bullshit. He runs his channel how he wants it. And if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. And Jared and I both agree we need to go to Nebraska and hang out with him. Yeah. But, I mean, that was was really all I had. That was really all I had for that. I just thought that was a really cool thing that happened and that, uh, you know, I just thought that was a really cool way to approach it and the fact that she came off like a normal human being that just wanted to win the game. Yeah, she's just hanging out and vibing. No politics. That was really it. Yeah, it was really cool. So hopefully, you know, everybody else listening to the show is is going to do their their part on November 3rd. Whoever you're voting for, I don't give a shit. Just vote. Make your voice heard. Do your thing. Do it. Do it. 
What, you got anything else? I, I know you said you had a few things you wanted to talk about today. Now that I, I kind of looped them all together uh, with voting and the AOC stream. That was really it. Oh, fair enough. You want to listen to our favorite segment music? Uh, always. Let's get, let's get weird with it. I search throughout the internet for the weirdest stories, and I share it with two dudes drinking brews. It's time for getting weird with your friendly neighborhood Peapod. So good. I do have a story for this if you're not already going to cover it. Oh, I don't know if I will or not. (laughs) Peapod sent me, he sent me four for this week. Um, there was a fifth one that he sent last week that I missed. So I have five stories here. The one I'm ending on is a doozy just by, based on the title. Um, however, there's, okay. there's two local stories, local. Well, one's local ish. Ooh. Um, the one, that's why I looked up what County it was in or where the County was. Uh, mm-hmm. this one happens down in Washington County, which is just outside Columbus. Here in Ohio, the, the the headline just reads, Taco Bell Burglar at it again. <laughs> Why would you want to rob a Taco Bell? I mean, they got money, but <clears throat> an Ohio man who made national news last year for burglarizing more than 30 Taco Bell restaurants in three states was added again last month in Washington and Allegheny counties, according to local police. That's a lot of Taco He's Bells. robbed 30 Taco Bells? He robbed 30 last year in three states. Christmas. Uh, Josh Legue, 30, of Columbus, is facing multiple felony charges in a South Strabane township, uh, in South Strabane uh, township, where he is accused of burglarizing the Taco Bell on Route 19. Uh, they also filed charge against him on behalf of Scott Township and the city of Pittsburgh, sites of the other Taco Bell bur- burglaries. Uh, in his affidavit, South Strabane Detective Ken Triboli uh, wrote, that his investigation began September 21st when township police were dispatched to Taco Bell for a burglary that happened overnight. This man's making a mo- Why? Still, the why Taco Bell? Um, they said that the video surveillance showed him using what appears to be an air rifle to shatter the glass door before entering the building just after 3 a.m. And a a hammer was used to open the three cash registers and about $300 was taken. So if he's getting what, $300 per Taco Bell, he's got 30 Taco Bells. It's what, nine grand? If my math is right. That seems like a lot of work for nine grand. Yeah. Like, I feel like you could go bigger. Yeah. So... Uh, he was allegedly wearing a dark leather jacket over a white hoodie and a face covering when he fled in a pickup truck with an Ohio registration, which he and then he tracked the registration to the man. Uh, that's when he discovered Logue's uh, criminal history with Taco Bell. In 2019, he was arrested in more than 30 cases, resulting in both convictions and pending charges of very similar Taco Bell burg- burglings. It doesn't say burglings. I just like the, the word burgling. Um <laughs> 
in Kentucky, West Virginia, and Ohio. Further investigation and cooperative effort with Scott Township and Pittsburgh Police Departments in Allegheny County revealed that Logue had also burglarized a Taco Bell in each of their jurisdictions on the same early morning. Man gets around. Uh, let's see here. The restaurant was there. The South Strip and Ezra, uh, restaurant was the third one broken into that night, according to the uh, complaint. Uh, he was wearing the same clothing uh, when he burglarized and stole cash from the Taco Bell in Pittsburgh and in uh, and or and on in Scott Township as well. Uh, see all three of. Uh, uh, video surveillances show the same same trick in every fucking Taco Bell. He stole about nine hundred cash in all three locations and caused about eight grand worth of damage to all three restaurants. So he made a, he made out with twenty seven hundred, and caused eight grand worth of damage. Uh, a warrant <laughs> a warrant was issued for his arrest. However, he's incarcerated in Adams County, Indiana. He was arrested by the Decatur police following an early morning burglary of a Taco Bell in Decatur. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, he used the same methods in that Taco Bell as well. This man went on a four-state Taco Bell robbery spree. But all why Taco... Like, do you think this man just did months and months of research... Just to figure out that Taco Bell was the easiest one to break into. I don't. I. I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't understand why you're targeting Taco Bell in the first place. What Taco Bell ever do to you? Except for give you delicious drunk food that doesn't make you hate your life in that moment. Right. Like I feel. Like if you're gonna do that many places. I feel like there's other rest or other places that would have more cash. Why? Why yeah, not? I, why not just go big and go I for a know. bank? Go big or go home. I mean, at this point, you've right? got almost forty. Go for, go for a bank or a larger store or something. Yeah, like you like got fast food joints like that. They have too many fail safes in place. For you to get a lot of money, if any money, like yeah, because the safe itself, where all the money is, happen. it's not worth it. But yeah, so no. he's got he's got like forty Taco Bells under his belt. <laughs> this one's a a little wow. more a little more close to home. Um, th- the start of this is why is the power out in Blissfield? Squirrels cause almost $2,000. Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> squirrels cause almost 2,000 people to lose power in Blissfield. Fucking squirrels. <laughs> um, <laughs> in Blissfield, Michigan, things got a little squirrely Monday morning as nearly 2,000 people lost power. According to Consumers Energy, the outage began about ten in the or almost eleven in the morning, after a squirrel caused damage in a substation. <laughs> Around nineteen hundred people experienced an interruption in electrical service in the area, and by two fifteen, power resort restored to only four hundred. 
the remaining people were impacted till about 5 p.m. on Monday. Holy shit. Yeah, it doesn't say what the squirrels did, because that was the, the end of the article. But squirrels fuck shit up, because squirrels are assholes. If you've ever watched Rick and Morty, you know that, squ- you know that squirrels secretly run the world. It's true. Now I'm going to share my screen with you on this one. Episode where... No, go ahead. As you say, it's that episode of where uh, Morty has a helmet that he can talk to, that he can hear what animals are saying. Oh, isn't that the same one where they give it to the dog and the dog runs a mech suit? No, 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 no. That's a different episode. Okay. Anyway, let me share the screen with you. Dominatrix goes viral after walking Ah! man unleashed through a supermarket. (laughs) Even a professional dominatrix needs a juice break now and then. After a pro-dom walked her submissive through a luxury West Coast supermarket this weekend, a bystander snapped a photo of her and posted it to Twitter, sparking discourse about about kink, public play, and whether onlookers can consent. Uh, on Saturday, interesting conversation. <laughs> on Saturday, I am Sound Record label co-owner Paul Tao r- tweeted a photograph of Dominatrix Mistress Lark walking a submissive pup on all fours through Erewhon or er, through Erewhon, an upscale grocery store in Los Angeles. Erewhon, that sounds like somewhere from fucking Lord of the Rings, right? We must go to Erewhon. <laughs> they have yeah. the, they have the finest potatoes. Um, I need the finest in organic cold breast apple juice. <laughs> and not to mention all of my gluten-free breads. <laughs> They're in LA. It makes more sense. Um, the pet play scenario turned heads on Twitter, landing him <laughs> over 7,000 retweets, 92,000 likes, and over 6,000 quote tweets, including a number of people who were caught off guard by the scenario. Um, I couldn't figure out what the big deal was. Writer, uh, writer Priscilla page tweeted until I realized that this was the most open for a surprise tweet of all time. She's, (laughs) she's, she's super scrawny too. You'd think the dominatrix would be a little bit, a little bit more tall and, and built and intimidating, but I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't know too much about that kink to judge. So (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Uh, For those that can't see the video, um, she's, she's dressed in, in, in what, you know, most goth girls would dress in and it says goth girls and it's a a stalk from two tomatoes and this is their shoes and the shoes are the tomatoes because they she's wearing some rather tall boots <laughs> <laughs> it's so true that takes me back to high school right uh one guy tweeted perfect thing to blow up online we get to laugh the woman gets some new only fans and the guy gets the serving of shame so he'll <laughs> gets the serving of shame so big he'll jerk off to it for 40 years <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
His kink is to be walked like a dog, then forced to spend $24 on a smoothie. <laughs> uh, after his post went viral, oh, shit. Twitter users discovered Lark and her knack for making men submit as a or making men submit as pets. Lark told the Daily Dot that she's a 21-year-old bisexual musician, illustrator, and sex worker who began doing uh, pro-dom work at 18. Working in sex dungeons became a way for Lark to find shelter. When she was 17, she was left homeless after experiencing sexual assault from a family member. Wow, your own family? That's fucked up. Um, I had a few encounters with sex work uh, underage. It was something I, was, I wasn't I was hesitant to do, Lark said. I came across an ad for a dungeon on Craigslist. It's always Craigslist, man. It's always fucking Craigslist. Yeah, dude. Fucking weird place. Uh, and they said, if you qualified, you could live there as well. So that's where the journey began. Uh, these days, she offers standum fem- standard femdom kinks, but she largely largely prefers lifestyle domination with a true long-term dedicated submissive play partner over one-off sessions with clients. According to Lark, the Erewhon photo was taken after she stepped into a store for a drink with her submissive. <laughs> I just wanted some juice. She said, <laughs> I was out with my sub and my friends shooting some videos and just doing some shopping. We stopped the arrow one, lots of cameras and attention, but the security led us through valet and let us check out our pricey basket before finally asking us to leave. Well, at least, you know, they respected it. Uh, they said, uh, we respect what you're trying to do, but we're going to have to ask you to leave. The funny part was that or the funny part was that we did have to have or we did have to walk back through the same store in order to get to the to get the car out of valet. The security guards followed us out, but the valet did still give us our free water. <laughs> Can't knock their service, I guess. This grocery store has its own fucking car valet service. Are you serious? Is it must be some like big like whole outdoor shopping center? I'm assuming maybe. Does it say? Um, it's an upscale upscale grocery store. I don't care how upscale it is. It's a fucking grocery store. Are you looking it up? I see you typing. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Do you need me to spell it or can you see it? No, I got it. Okay. They have they have what six different locations. This you said this one was Los Angeles. Yeah, and. L.A. L.A. Let me. I, I just want to shop online. I want to see. I want to see how outrageous this is. <laughs> <clears throat> all organic. Oh, all Jesus. fucking horse shit. So, after they got their water, um, Jesus Christ. Hold on a second. I'm going to have you share that, that screen with me in a second. Um, so she er, she also refuted viral claims about the encounter, such as the text exchange posted by Tao claiming she was whipping the guy and a text from a user who said that uh, she sat on a pat- uh, patio and fed him out of a dog bowl before whipping him with a crazy belt. And then she goes on to say, didn't have a dog bowl yet. We bought one after. I did paddle him no more than twice, though. He tried to touch my leg t- 
too high up up my thigh and I didn't like it. There weren't any children nearby or anything. I mean, it goes on and on about that, but that's where we'll leave it. So let me stop sharing oh my, my screen God. so you can share your screen because I want to see this okay, fucking grocery I'll store. share this with you. Share. All right. So right here in uh, Erewhon, Los Angeles, you can purchase a 32-ounce orange juice for $14. I could go to Kroger's right now and get 32 ounces of orange juice for about $4. You can buy this chocolate chip cookie, which indicates that it's gluten-free and vegan, a three-ounce cookie for $4. You. Oh, oh, oh baguette. <laughs> yes, a... $6.50 for a baguette. No, fuck off. Jesus Christmas. Like, does it? Let's view more. Give me more. Um, uh, $10 for juice for a 16 ounce juice of just greens. $10 for, a 16 ounce. for a four pack of muffins. Those muffins. Oh, they're keto friendly though. Jared, they're your favorite keto. F- fuck. <laughs> fuck that. It's 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 that's almost like being vegan. You have to tell people you, you're keto like that. I, if Kevin turns into yeah. one of those guys now that he's looking into starting, you know, doing the whole keto thing, which you know, if that's no, what you want to do, won't. you you do you. Kevin be, won't be one of those guys. I hope I'll fucking fight him. A four pack of Bone cheddar biscuits for eight dollars. Yeah. Yeah. These prices are just fucking bananas. This sh- this show is taking a very weird turn here. Now that we're looking at grocery stores, thirty-two this- ounces of matzo ball soup for fourteen dollars. A soup I can make for like three dollars, if that. Uh, all right. This is just uh, this is terrible terrible this overpriced store cafe oh I can shop by my diet gluten free keto friendly raw or vegan (laughs) does it show a picture how how lavish this place seems to look and and no it doesn't it just what if you google mapped it oh I'm still I'm still shopping well here let me go back So I'm looking for it does, see photos. It doesn't even look that fancy. No, it just looks like a, it just really, it looks like a Whole Foods. I've never like been inside a Whole Foods. Fancier Whole Foods. I don't know why, but I pictured, remember what the Andersons used to look like inside on Talmadge? Yeah. That's what, that's what that looks like to me. Yeah, it looks like a more organized Andersons because the Andersons used to feel like ten pounds of shit in a two pound bag. Yeah, but that's just oh, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Go back, go back one picture. Bottom left, tonic bar. Look at his fucking haircut. 
Oh, it's, this bro? It's a mullet yeah. into a ponytail. That's if that doesn't scream LA bro, I don't know what does. I bet he knows where the best tacos yeah. are in LA. LA. Probably goes for hikes every morning in LA. LA. Just a fancy guy's word for walking. But yeah, this just looks off. like a It just looks like fucking Whole Foods is what it looks like. Yeah. Is Whole Foods that expensive? No. Are they close? I mean Whole Foods is pricier is pricier than like going to Kroger, but it's not it's not this pricey. Unless you're looking for like the super organic nerd shit. Oh, which I'm not. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> I've had enough of this. Fair enough. Here's here's a good story that's that seems right up you and I's alley. And I know Peapod was pretty pumped on it too. Um, this one actually comes from Kotaku, you know, the, uh, video game site, the nerd site. Oh boy. Teenager finally achieves her dream of dating Godzilla. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, 13 year old, uh, Sierra Watanabe is the closest I'll probably get to pronouncing that name correctly is a huge Godzilla fan. She has an impressive collection of figures and does an excellent impress, uh, impression of the kaiju's roar. Recently, she wrote to Osaka television show um, Tentai Night Scoop. Or Tentai Night Scoop. And night is with a K. Asking to go on a date with Godzilla. Um, the show takes requests from viewers, often very silly ones, turning those dreams into reality. My love is so great that I would like to marry Godzilla, she wrote. Uh, the latest episode visited the junior high school student and her family home in Hyogo, uh, in the Hyogo Prefecture, where she showed off her figure collection and talked about her love of Godzilla. And that's when she saw Godzilla right outside her house. She fell down and had difficulty breathing, breathing and then she then went on a date with Godzilla uh, packing a bento she made and bringing up, uh, bringing her grandfather as a chaperone. Let me let me share. Is there this. a picture of this? Yes, this is this is honestly kind of wholesome and adorable, and I'm really a fan of this right now. Um, I will make sure I save this link for everybody listening to the show, so you can see this girl. Um, here's one picture. Here's the picture of or the gif of her meeting Godzilla and how excited she is. Here she is feeding Godzilla. How fucking adorable is this? Adorable <laughs> isn't exactly the first word that comes to mind. <laughs> is is cringy one of the words that comes to mind? Um, yes, yes. <laughs> cringy is definitely one of the words that comes to mind. Uh, later during lunchtime, Godzilla couldn't actually eat the bento, so she pretended to feed him. She also pre- uh, pretend gave him some tea. Oh God! There, there's a sun, a sunset over oh, the ocean, and she goodness. kisses him. Um, then as the dra- date drew to a close, Godzilla waited on the beach at sunset, and she gave him a hug, a big smooch, and then proposed. Sadly, Godzilla did not take her hand in marriage, but she ended up having a memorable date. 
Oh my goodness. This is a lesson to everyone. Please have friends. <laughs> That's so mean. She probably has I friends. Just, uh, I mean, I you, and, know, you and I have friends somehow, so she has to have friends. Yeah, but neither one of us have the hots for a fantasy character to the point where we would want to go on a date with them. Elementary- Your silence is saying so much right now. <laughs> Elementary school AJ had the hots for Lara Croft. So if this was 13-year-old... Well, Please, every every young man of that age had the hots for Laura Croft. Every young man of that age. Boobies. Exactly. It was the triangle titties that got me. But yeah. I, I don't think I'm... I mean, there's some characters that are well put together in video games, but I'm not going I need, to... I need to do this. Somebody make this happen for me. I need a person in a costume here. Yeah. Stat. But yeah. I mean, there is something that's cute and wholesome about it. I'm not going to deny that, but... It's I also kind of weird. It's just weird. So. Oh, there's pictures. I didn't scroll this far in. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Quadruple amputee arrested for drunk driving after crashing into a police car in a building. I'll let you finish your drink here. Say again? <laughs> Quadru- Say again? Quadruple amputee arrested for drunk driving after crashing into a police car in the building. How does he drive? <laughs> and and just and for emphasis, carefully. just for emphasis for everybody listening, quadruple amputee arrested for drunk driving. I'll continue. On Friday, October 9th at approximately 1.55 a.m., firefighters responded uh, to the 26532 Three Notch Road and Loveville Road in Mechanicsville for the motor vehicle collision involving a Maryland State Police cruiser and a structure. Emergency personnel arrived on scene to find a Chevrolet pickup that had struck a Maryland State Police uh, marked SUV and then an East Coast Investments building. No injuries were reported. Troopers from the Maryland State Police uh, detained the operator and pa- uh, and passenger of the vehicle. Uh, the operator, later identified as Dayton Weber, 22, of Charlotte Hall, was placed under arrest and charged with the following. Uh, driving, attempting to drive vehicle under the influence of alcohol. Um, driving... <laughs> Driving, attempting to drive vehicle while under the influence of alcohol per se. Not sure the difference there. Driving, attempting to drive vehicle while impaired by alcohol, negligent negligent driving, reckless driving, and failure to remain at the scene of an accident involving attended, attended vehicle. So did he try to run? Let me, let me show you these pictures. I don't think running was what he was trying to do, but... So there's so he scuffed up the, the police car, crashed into this building. Like you can just see him clearly no limbs. Yeah. Like how? Like how does he drive? Yeah, like I need to know more. There's got to be something here that we're not being told. 
But the fucked up part, and the part I did chuckle at just reading, and it's really bad, but the first comment is, how'd they handcuff him? (laughs) (laughs) Um... I'm trying to see. Oh, okay. What'd you do? Look more into it? Yeah. Was there like weird setups for that? Yeah, there's, yeah, they have whole setups for it. I don't know how, like, I can't tell on here how they control like the pedals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's a whole thing, so it's doable. Crazy. <laughs> the next, one of these other comments, one question, dot, 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 how? <laughs> yeah. That's just bananas to me. The title's what got me. Quadruple amputee arrested for drunk driving. Peapod picks out some winners, man. And that's why that's why we love him. He gives us the good news stories. Now, did I so cover the story that you had? <clears throat> no, you did not. I did not think you would. This was this has been picked up by by big media, so maybe you've heard it. But uh the New Yorker uh suspended one of their uh top reporters for masturbating on a Zoom call. Um, I believe I saw mention of this, but I didn't really dive into it. Yes, he calls, he apologized for the embarrassingly stupid mistake. Does it, like, how do you... He said, I I made an embarrassingly stupid mistake, believing I was off camera. I've apologized to my wife, family, friends, and coworkers. I believed I was not visible on Zoom. I thought no one on the Zoom call could see me. I thought I had muted the Zoom video. Oh, so he so he was grunting and everything. I don't. I think. I think what he. I think what he did was he muted the sound, but did not hide his video. Oh. Uh. You know, the, uh, two sources described in a juncture in the election simulation that they were running when there was a strategy session. And the Democrats and Republicans went into their respective breakout rooms for about 10 minutes. At this point, they said it seemed like he was on a second video call, which the sources said that when the groups returned from their breakout rooms, he lowered the camera. The people on the call said they could see him touching his penis. He then left the call. (laughs) Moments later, he called back in, seemingly unaware what his colleagues had been able to see. And the simulation continued. They kept going on. Like nothing happened? Like like nothing happened. Is but, it is it bad that I kind of want to see the video of this? Like, does somebody have this recorded? I, I want to see this man fail. No. It like, says it says that he has taken some time off while he deals with a personal issue. Man just wants to jerk off. There's no personal issue. He just needs to learn how to but that leads place. me to believe that leads me to believe that while he's on the Zoom call for work, that like because I know that you have se- separate monitors as do I, so that leads me to believe that like if if we were in this situation, I'm looking at you 
and we're talking and then all of a sudden, you know, we have a break for 10 minutes and then I spin and look at this monitor where I have my handy dandy internet porn pulled up and then, you know, you just kick back. Yeah. Well, and here's like, the thing too. It's like at any given point, I can pull another window over the, over the zoom window. So I don't see you, but like, I yeah. can still be looking at like this, me looking at you on the camera here would be no different than me just mm-hmm. looking at my monitor. Now, if I look up at the camera, you can tell I'm yeah. looking at the camera. So if I put another window yeah. here and I start rubbing one out, I don't see you. I don't clock that I'm fucking talking to you, but you can see me fucking arm fucking going as I'm watching something like, yeah. Oh, next show. I'm going to try this. So nobody be surprised. <laughs> oh. If you just mid show, you hear, yeah, ah, what the next, fuck? And, and next week will be our last episode. Ladies and gentlemen, you see, uh, I believe it would be episode 40. So episode 40 is it y'all. I hope you had a good run. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the, uh, Kyle and Jared show. Uh, I, I'll be replaced. <laughs> I'll have to resign from my position Bye. on administrative leave, and <laughs> I'll still do all the you sound have mixing some personal for you guys. issues that you need to deal with. Exactly. <laughs> Man, the audacity of that guy just to fucking whip one out during a fucking work meeting. Like, why? Why would you? I mean, what was he you going for? Like a real problem. Either that or he's trying to make a power play. What? He's trying to make a power play, dog. <laughs> like, he, he was going for it. He wasn't trying to be aggressive. He was being dominant. <laughs> I don't know about that. He was just showing everybody that he meant business. B-I-D-N-I-S. Bidness. <laughs> oh, I got to take a tinkle, so we're going to take a pee break. Break. The On The Radar podcast features interviews. But like you said, you've done your research. <laughs> you've prepared for this. I've got an economics degree that kind of lends itself right. to research. We were like, let's go break stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me and Alex are like, I, I want to scream about how sex is weird because I'm 15. Because I am weird. And I'm weird. And I want to break my guitar because feelings are weird. I know what sex is. I was just wondering if you knew. <laughs> and studio performances. Artists coming to, through, and from the greater Midwestern areas. Go check it out on all your podcast feeds and follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at On The Radar PC. Pee break complete. We are back. And we're ready to keep talking about shit and see where this show goes. Because as you know, we do have some questions to be answered. We have a top 12 list. Let's and get... we're back! God damn it. Every time I get my hopes up. I do. Foolishly, but I do. Every time. Um, See, yeah. I wanted to give you the illusion I wasn't paying attention by pretending to read what's on my screen. But you're so you're so crafty. I figured if I wasn't looking at you and I was looking at this screen like I was really intent on reading something, then I would think, oh, he's not expecting it. And you kept... 
you kept going because sometimes you'll pause because you're waiting for me. That time you didn't. I was like, I got this motherfucker now. <laughs> yeah, you got me, you motherfucker. But anyway. But yeah, we uh, we got a top 12 list. We got some questions to answer. We probably got some other things that we'll end up talking about. Um, Actually, one I'll talk about now. How much fun was Gears the other night? Oh, my goodness. Like, I had so much fun like we had, Gears. We had talked, I think, a couple times the last few shows at how lackluster it felt and how kind of almost disappointed we were. And we had a very good night of Gears. Like, we were doing yes. well. The game felt fresh. It was. It felt fun. It like renewed my desire to play it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a lot of fun. I. I hadn't. I hadn't had. I hadn't had that much fun playing Gears in a long time. Yeah. Say we. It, I knew. We I were, don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Like we had that one game what, that hurt our fun. feelings. It was way more fun than playing that fucking zombie shit. Yeah. Uh, on Call of Duty. Yeah, it was, that shit's aggravating. I mean, it's fun, but it's fucking stressful and annoying. And yeah. but but gears, it was just you and I were flowing real well. We were vibing. We were giggling. There wasn't really any anger in that in that session. And like the only one that was you were bad, taking all my kills. Yeah, it was a good time. It was real fun. Uh, the only bad one was when we had our whole fucking team quit. Aside from you and I. Yeah, but even then, like that wasn't. No, we made a show I wasn't of it. Wasn't all that mad about it because, yeah, we made we made a show of it. We managed to, you know, take them down to single digits before we died. So Somehow. I considered that a win. Yeah, it was, but it was just, it was refreshing. And uh, if if other things fall through this evening, I would uh, think uh, you and I should uh, maybe uh, play a little more. Oh, I'm I'm totally in. I've been trying to do streams after the show. I've been trying to make that a regular thing. I've been trying to stream on a regular schedule. So, well, see, I mean, really, only Kyle watches me, and you watch me when you're not playing. So, but that's okay. See, I, I'm. I what else am I doing? I, I've been sharing your stream out even when I'm not playing. I've been trying to do my part. I started sharing it in a couple of discords that I'm in, trying to. Trying to beef up your audience a bit more. Get you out there. Because there are some streamers that don't have video. They don't have voice. They just have gameplay. That, like, don't try. They're not as funny. Not not to toot your fucking horn and jerk you off a bit. But, and they have, like, this... They have a, a bigger following. I'm like, Jared needs this. Jared deserves this. These aren't the streamers you need. Yes. Jared's the streamer you deserve. And... So, we're trying get that get that name out there. Twitch.tv backslash Shoeless Renegade. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a code. Or you can find me at Shoeless Renegade on YouTube. Both very valid. Let's uh, yeah. let's dive into these questions, brother. Welcome to Kyle's Corner. 
That's two weeks in a row I didn't accidentally overlap into the Peapod intro. Just want to point that out there. Feeling pretty good about myself. You are so talented. <laughs> I can click a, a pause button one second before things end. Look at me go. <laughs> uh, first question is actually from Mrs. Kyle. If you could take the podcast remote, where would you take it? Like if we were to take it some fancy place, maybe a bar, uh, another city, um, a sports thing, and do it remote. Where would you want to take us? That would give us, you know, some good views and some listens. And maybe some live people there while we're recording it. That's a great question because I had thought about this. Really? Um, yeah. But I'm not exactly sure where. Hang on, sorry. Adjusting myself in my chair. <laughs> uh, not myself, not myself dong-wise, my, myself whole body-wise. If you would have done um, that on-camera dong-wise, it might have been a very different turn of events in this part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Really is. Like, cause I got, a, I got it earlier, uh, just a little bit before we, uh, started recording and I'll say, I don't know where we would go. I mean, a bar, given the fact that we're beer related makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. which I would like to get more into doing like beer reviews and talks like we did one episode um, and said we were going to keep trying to do it, but never did. Um, it's a very, no, very, we didn't. it was a very Jared and AJ thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to keep doing that more. So I would say just like a bar, like make like a, a bar tour, if you will, each week go to a different bar and sample maybe, like uh, a home brew that that bar, like go to like local taps, like local little bars that do their own brewing. Um, I know of a couple mm-hmm. in the area we could do. Brewing? That. Yes. Brewering. Shut up. Um, so I think that would be like little, little micro brews, little places like that would be a fun one. That'd be cool. Yeah. There are a few down here. And called the no, 12- that'd be cool. Um, uh, I don't know about anywhere else. Wrestling shows. <laughs> yeah, live yeah. live cast the wrestling show. <laughs> I mean, I I'd, I'd love to do that. I that, I think be that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Two. Oh, there'd be so many two calls. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, I think those are the two best answers. Yeah, especially if, well, if our show and our, our our niche porn, you know, history, we can just do it on a porn <laughs> shoot. <laughs> just hear banging in the background. <laughs> um, but no, we should probably we should try to work something like that. If we can get a little bit more of a following and yeah, see, I was yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think that we would need more listens for that, but. No, I'd, I'd totally be on board to do something like that. 12-pack bar tour, 2K21. Ooh, I'd like that. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? 
Yeah, we just have to. We'd have to invest in a mobile rig, and hopefully the cooties aren't running wild still by then. Exactly, fucking cooties ruining everything. Um, mm-hmm. That's. I'm gonna find. Uh, where's my? There's my notebook. It's right next to me. I'm gonna mark this down in my my notebook here. Twelve pack. Bar tour. Two K twenty one. Not sponsored by 2K. <laughs> Hashtag no. not a scam. Hashtag not a scam. <laughs> um, the next question we have here. If you won the lottery and only had to work for fun, what job would you do? Man, I would, I'd probably still, I'd probably just go back to be in a basic bitch line cook. That's so much fun. For me, that's so much fun. Really? Oh yeah. Like to work to work a busy restaurant line, man. There's 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 a high about that and there's just like the you, it's ah, it's so much fun. I would do it that's the first one that jumps to my mind or I would like to be one of those old men rangers on a golf course. Or I can just harass people all day. Ooh, that's a good one. Those guys are the worst sometimes, and I want to be one of those guys that are awful. Yeah, no, you those guys that check you in before you get to the tee, and then, uh, you know, the ones that, like, hey, buddy, you're playing too slow. God, Dad be, loves those. You'd be Dad all over those, those guys. I Fuck, know. The slow guy. Hey, buddy, pick up the pace. Yeah. And just... Oh, that's such a good one. I never, I didn't even think about that. Man. You get to tootle around in a golf cart all day. With a flag on it? Because <laughs> you're special? Yep. And most of those guys, now, now, if I won the lottery, money isn't an object, but most of those guys get to play golf for free, too. So that's a good point. It's a double, so, it's a win-win. You get so to you harass know, people. I work, I work like two, I work like two or three days a week, and I can play golf whenever I want? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Win-win. You get to harass slow players and you get to golf. I'm in. Um, only had to work for fun. I don't know. I really, I don't know. I that's think... my retirement plan anyway. Like if I yeah. ever, like if, you know, if I retire at a certain age, like my goal is to be an old man ranger at a golf course. <laughs> I can, so, I can picture it. That's my retirement plan. I just want to show up. I, I just want to like pay for a round of golf, but just like follow you around <laughs> or just pay, just, just hang out, just have you harass me all day. Cause I'm not playing fast enough, <laughs> even though I'm playing fast enough. <laughs> I think uh, kind of in the same lines with you, I've always had, you know, you and I both love golf course design and the, and the idea of doing it, which is why I think the golf club mm-hmm. grew to us so quickly, but I would love to just do golf yeah. course maintenance, be a, like a, a groundskeeper for a golf course and be mm-hmm. the guy that takes care of it, cuts the fairways, make sure the greens are trimmed to a certain length and, and just generally take care of the golf course. I think that would be fucking amazing to do. Because it seems just so chill. Like, you're just riding around basically at a lawnmower just, all day. I would just want to ride around on the mowers. 
There's something about cutting grass in general that's just relaxing to me. I love the smell of fresh cut grass. It's it just doesn't require a lot of thought. You can just you just wander around and hope you don't hit a rock. Occasionally you have an old (laughs) occasionally you have an old guy following you in a plastic chair around the yard just to make sure you're cutting it right. That that's not a universal experience, Jared. I don't I uh. I hate oh, to break it's, it to oh you. it's not. I'm sorry. No, I uh, I I'm hate sorry. to be the I guy thought, that I uh, thought. I thought everybody's grandfather did that. No, I hate to be the guy that had to break that to you. That's not a. Uh, that is a very you centric problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, say my grandfather just said, "Hey, make sure you cut it in a diagonal," and then went back inside. Uh, he didn't harass me the entire time I was cutting his grass. Um, oh, you you didn't have to cut it a different way every time because nope. that's how the grass grows even. Oh, okay. No, it was always just diagonal. Well, the, I had to switch the diagonal, but it was always diagonal. Oh no, I had to go vertical, horizontal. I had to go vertical and then a diagonal, then horizontal, then a diagonal. That's how that's how the old man's yard got cut every time. You know, I had to remember where I was at. I wanna because if I cut it the wrong if I if I cut it in the wrong order, he knew. That's yeah. Your grandfather was very fucking smart about shit like that. But it's funny you say that. Cause I was yep. just, I was doing a tire change for somebody today at work and we were talking about work ethic and stuff like with his kids and everything. And his neighbor talked him into having his kids do that exact thing. If they, they one day it was vertical, the next day it was horizontal. And then they switched the diagonal direction. Because it prevented mm-hmm. ruts, it helped it grow a certain way, and it kept the kids honest, basically, that they did it a certain way. It's funny that you mentioned mm-hmm. that. So, but yeah, I think... Yep. Oh, yeah, no, that was that was law. <laughs> I think grounds, groundskeeper... Didn't, didn't... No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh. Um, I think there's a slight delay between the two of us. I'm noticing. Don't over exaggerate it just to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you had that look and I knew what you were fucking doing. <laughs> um, but no, I think I'd just be a groundskeeper at a golf course. I think that'd be the only thing. Because again, I get the golf for free. Because I'm working on the fucking golf course. Money's no issue. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to post this picture up. On, on the Facey Space, and I'll, I'll have you post it up on the Twitter as well. Um, so other people can join in on this question. Let me share this screen with you, because um, this was one of Kyle's other questions. <laughs> it says you have to eat one. And for those that don't follow the Facebook or, or need context here, the first... Uh, cookie hamburger. The, the first picture is a hamburger where the bun is chocolate chip cookies. The second picture is bananas covered with ham. And I can't tell what kind of sauce that is. It looks like cheese sauce. Okay. Uh, the bottom left picture looks like a bunch of fruit and vegetables um, made into a jello butt cake. And then the bottom right is New England clam chowder. Frozen into a popsicle. And I think I'm with you. I'm going hot dog or uh, 
chocolate chip cookie hamburger here. Yeah. Cookie because, cheeseburger's where I'm at. Because, I mean, the cookie's not too much different from a bun. And I don't think the chocolate's going to take too much away from it. Well, plus I've had, I, I we've, uh, I've had uh, uh donut cheeseburger and that's basically the same thing. So fair enough. And I don't, I don't like bananas as it is. I find bananas extremely disgusting. I don't even like banana flavored things. Really? Yes. The, the texture of it really fucking throws me off too. Not a fan. Um, do you enjoy bubble gum? Yes. The biggest flavoring agent in it is banana. Yeah, but I don't taste the banana. I'm just saying. It's the biggest, the the largest percentage of flavoring agent is banana in bubblegum. That's weird. And I'm not shocked that you know that at all. So, and then, I mean, I don't like the texture of Jello at all as it is, so I'm not even in on that fruit. No, but pull, pull that Jello mold back up for me, please. Yeah, no problem. I got you. So this fucking nasty-ass jello mold, from what I can see, has kiwi, olives, carrots, peas, ham, uh, yeah, ham, peas, carrots, olives, kiwis. Looks like grapes in there. That's about all I can, it, that might be, there's some things I can't really make out, but it's overall disgusting. Yeah, and then, this looks like potato salad in the middle of it. Or macaroni I salad? I don't know. Either way, it, it, no. Just no. Yeah. And then I'm not a fan of New England clam chowder. So. Clam chowder. What's the password? New England clam chowder. That was all the questions I had from Kyle. And Mrs. Kyle. All right. A friend of the show and Peapods and Kyle's Lisa. First question. Upon dying, if given the choice to relive your life or start a new one, which would you choose? I'd start a new one. I've lived my life. I have no reason to go back through it. Yeah. I'd want a fresh life meter. Yeah. My, my life ran its course. I Are there things I wish I could go back and change? Yeah, but it's part of what made me me. Like, there's no point in that. That's why I'm mm-hmm. where I'm at now. And I wouldn't want to go back and live. I'd know it. I know what happens in that story. So like you said, give me a fresh life meter. Let's run it again. Let's, let's run somebody else. New character. New yeah. storyline. This time I'm going to go. New character, clean, fresh stats. Yeah. I'm, I'm new going, sheet. I'm going renegade instead of Paragon. We're going to run this like an asshole. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel like you would have been a better person if you never met someone in your life? And don't say yes, Jared. Did you put that there or did she put I that there? I added the second part. Okay. I added the second part. Because I feel like if Lisa but do you put... ever feel like you would have been... Do you ever feel like you would have been a better person if you never met someone in your life? No. I don't. I yeah, think... me neither. I think all the experiences that I've had, both good and bad, again, like the first one, you know, wanting to change things, it's it shaped who I am. I, I think I'm a better person because of it. 
I don't think I'd have been better without those experiences. There, There's people I wish were never fucking in my life, but they were there for a reason. And I only pure straight hate one of those individuals, and um, she lives near me. And every time I see her, um, I she tries to be friendly, and I give her the middle finger whenever I drive by her. Um, and it's not an ex-girlfriend, surprisingly. So, well, that leads us into the next question, because I I agree with you. I don't I don't have. There's no one in my life that I met that has prevented me from being a better person. I don't have. Has meeting me made you a better person? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> That's about the so answer I'm not I even expected. looking at you. I know you were making. I know you were making a face. I'm not looking at you. Um, do you hold any grudges against anyone? Oh yeah, I do. If so, who and why? <laughs> One person. One fucking person. That fat wobbly bitch. I fucking. I'm not gonna say her name. I'm not gonna give her that satisfaction. But I hate. That woman, she is the reason I left um, my desk job back in 2013 to go back to driving. I was so miserable and angry and depressed and hate-filled at the end of 2013 that my dad even told me that this is... And I was so on edge because I was just blowing up at stupid shit. Dad told me, this is why nobody in the family likes to hang around you right now. Like, we were going to Costco, and he told me that right in the fucking parking lot. Because some guy drove near me, and I fucking yelled at him for five minutes. And it's largely because of her. Like, I've told this person to their face that I hope they came up missing and their family doesn't find them. Like, I hate this person. And I will never get over that. I will hold that grudge till the day I die because I am petty. <laughs> That's my story. Uh, I, I do hold grudges. Uh, it's in my blood to hold grudges. It's um, definitely a family trait. Yeah. So, I mean, is it anything that I'm willing to talk about? Not really. I mean, I will, but not, not on the show. Um, why? Because they're idiots and they've done, they've done dumb things and cause a lot of headache for no reason. So fair. Uh, I, I'm not above forgiving, but I do not forget. You like an elephant. Um, you call me fat. No elephants. Never forget. Mm-hmm. And you're quite large. Mm-hmm. There's another grudge I'm holding right now. Uh, <laughs> Add it to uh, the list. <laughs> uh, are you more likely to avoid conflict or face it head on? This is where you and I kind of differ. Because as much as, I mean, and I could be wrong here, but uh, as much as I, I do handle a situation if it comes to me I am very much about avoiding conflict I try to steer away from it I try to steer clear of it 
I try to keep it out of my life. I try to shy away. I I don't like conflict, but I'm not above handling it if needed. But to answer the question, I I definitely try to avoid it. I do not. <laughs> no, you don't. I am not afraid. I am not afraid of conflict. I'm not afraid of an argument. I have been, as I've gotten older, I have been more diplomatic in the fights that I'm going to take. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am always ready to throw down. To to quote Bill Burr, I idle at 75 miles an hour. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? So. <laughs> uh, if you could eliminate one weakness or limitation in your life, what would it be and why? And why is it the size of your nose? Oh, weird that Lisa would put that in there. I just, that doesn't seem I like know, a Lisa right? thing that's to put just, in That's there. not yeah. like her. I, that's that's taking a shot. Yeah. And from, from Lisa, of all people, she's always so nice and, and so, you know, yeah. peaceful to take the shot. Yeah, at it's like really that. weird. Ugh. It's really weird. Lisa, I'm so, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shame on you, Lisa. <laughs> Um, hmm. one weakness. Can I say my knees? Cause they're quite weak. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Weakness or limitation in your life. Hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of like stupid, like my knees being bad. I wish I could take that back and get rid of it. I feel like I'd be much more active. I'd be in better shape. I probably would have pursued a few more things if my knees never got bad. Um, like sports wise and things like that. I wish I could also get rid of uh, my ability to care far too much about little things and, and, and think about them the way I do. If I could, if I could get rid of my bad knees and my ability to overthink small things, I think my life would be so much different. I would definitely not be so fucking stressed out and mopey. That's for damn sure. Um, but funny answer, my knees, serious answer, my overthinking of small fucking stupid shit. Um, I would probably say, because I have a lot of anxieties about things, like, just to show you how trivial they are, I have an anxiety about using the phone, like, really? to call anyone. Like, I just, like, calling my folks is okay, but, like, to call strangers or to, like, even, like, to call my doctor's office to set up an appointment, oh. like, requires me to, like, talk myself into yeah. it. Like, it took me, like, like, I had to set a doctor's appointment not that long ago. It took me 15 minutes to finally hit that button because I was like, what What do I say? Do I describe dude, my feelings I put, right? I put calls off for weeks because Damn. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Or I'll find some, or I'll find a way to fill my day. So it's just so that way at the end of the day I can go. Honestly, oh, I was just so busy. I, was, I, I just I had too many things to do. I just couldn't do it. I, There's I, just no time. I didn't, have, I didn't have the time for it. 
Is how long's that call gonna take? Twenty minutes, maybe. Tops. But uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have that time. Did I fuck around for at lunch for an hour? Yeah, but I. I needed that time. I couldn't have done anything else at that time. <laughs> I. I it was that was my um, fuck around time. It was clearly in my schedule. <laughs> yeah. So like, I just. I think. I think if I could get rid of some of those little anxieties and some of my. Uh, self-confidence issues mm-hmm. i think we'd be okay fair so uh is it difficult for you to forgive someone if they never apologize yes i think i i can i say that but i probably have forgiven people even though they didn't apologize just to be the bigger person but I don't think I've ever really truly forgiven them because I still feel like I've been wronged and I never got that closure. So I always kind of hold on to that a bit. I I feel I need closure in situations like that. So I know it's over so I can move past it. For me, it's, it's difficult, but like the old saying is time heals all wounds but uh, it doesn't heal it, but I it gives me enough time to forget, but forgive. But like I said, I never forget. So regardless of if I've forgiven someone for something, I'm not going to forget that that happened. Yeah. And that's going to impact how I deal with them moving forward. If mm-hmm. there is a moving forward. Agreed. All right. This one, this one she's asking. I'm not adding this. I'm not making this up. Uh, when did you get, when did you realize that you guys were meant to be together? I feel like you wanted this answer. Um, Cause you just needed to know how much I love you, even though you're breaking my heart and you're taking Sarah over me. Um, but you'll be okay. I will be. I, I, you got Johnny and you'll be fine. I'll be okay. I'll, uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be difficult. I uh, I will admit, but, uh, oh boy, Jared, I'm not going to be okay. I'm just not. It's just, it's too much. And it's just, it really, it really hurts. I just, all I've ever wanted was for you to love me oh. and just, give me your time and I can't look at you right now. Cause if I do, I'll break and <laughs> there it is. That's I was. You can't see it, but I was trying for it. I got no, that I tear out. It. I can see your glassy ass eyes. Oh, I got that tear out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say it was really like instant. I don't, I wouldn't say it took long. I think it was kind of a, a, a slower yeah. build, but it was definitely pretty quick. It was just, yeah, we just clicked and mm-hmm. we enjoyed a lot of the same silly shit, but I don't even think it took a full year for us to click. No, 
no, it was it was pretty it was it was pretty right off the rip. Yeah, it was sometimes. And it, you know, it also didn't hurt. I, I I spent a lot of time at your house. Ain't that the fucking truth? But no, it's so it definitely happened pretty fast. That's that's what level. Yeah, no, and then and then and then really, you know, after the incident, I'm not gonna say accident, but after the incident, it just. It was it was a much it was a much tighter thing. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that was what we were talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Fair enough. Well, that's um, what, that's what that's all we'll talk about on that. I'm sure someday we'll talk about it, but potentially. Uh, do you think it's diff- Do you think it's difficult to date in today's society pre cooties? If so, what makes it difficult? So, cooties aside. Cooties aside. I still have fake tears in my eyes. Hold on. That was a good one. I actually got a tear to roll down my, my cheek and everything. I wish I wish we were here in person for that so you could have seen it. That way it wasn't lost to the... You, you wouldn't have been able to do it with me in the room. No, God no. Because you saw I was looking up here. Like I wasn't looking at my yeah. camera. I wasn't looking at you. As I knew the second I saw your face, I was fucking done for. Yeah, Any, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to do that with me in the room. Anybody else, I can keep a straight face through anything. I will never fucking... I will always break when it comes to like you, Kevin, or, or Luigi, Dad. Like It's just... It's tough. Yeah. Because I know you guys see through my bullshit. Um... Yeah, but I I want to say yes and no, because I mean dating's never hard if you're really into it and you apply yourself to it, and you guys both you know put the effort in. But yes, in the fact that people are are probably busier than they ever really have been. It seems a lot of people are so on the go and and so caught up in their own things. They, I mean, that's why online dating is taken off so hard because nobody has time to just go to the bar or sit through all that and meet people in a, a person to person kind of situation. And I, I think that's probably the toughest part about it because it is, like I said, I, I said yes and no, because if you do start talking to somebody and there is a connection it's not going to be hard because you're going to put that effort and you're going to put that time in and you're going to make it work. So I think really it's a person by person scenario for this question. And maybe I'm just kind of taking a cop out, but I, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't, I don't think it's difficult in the sense of, it is not, I don't think it's difficult to get a date. Like I have not had me personally and, you know, uh, you know, I'm not exactly, you know, the most attractive human being on the planet, but Please. I've not had a problem getting a date. I just, I think that the thing is, is that everybody gets so def- defensive and they're not like, they're not 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 everyone's willing to be upfront with what they're with what they're looking for, and if you're going into a relationship with two different goals, then 
really you don't have a great a great starting point. Like if if you're just if you're just in for a little slap and tickle, and they're in for someone to, you know, go the distance with, find for the rest of their life, then ten to one, it's not going to work. Um, you know, there are exceptions. You know, but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's difficult. I think. Because, like you said, a lot of today's dating relies so heavily in online dating, and I know I've said this on shows before, but like when when you're when you're looking at, at online dating and you're reading these profiles, like there's so much there's so much negativity as far as you know. I have two kids. If you don't like single parents, then you can go fuck yourself. And but there's just so much that a lot of people focus so much on what what others could look at as something they're not interested in instead of putting out like the good things. Like, what do you like to do? Yeah. Because like, I, I personally, I personally do not give a shit if you have children. Yeah. I mean, at this point when, when, when you're dating in your thirties, it's tough to find someone that doesn't have children. Can confirm. So like, I don't give a fuck if you have, two kids or seven kids. I mean, seven kids is a little much, but <laughs> it's a bit you know, high. whatever. Like I'm not, yeah. Like eventually I, you know, eventually if that goes any further, I will be, you know, s- some way in those children's lives, but really I'm in it for you first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't need to, I don't need all these. I don't need to read all these negative things. And you're basically, you're basically telling me to stay away. And that's not how, how, what's your success rate with that? Exactly. You coming off so harsh, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's so difficult. I just think that, you know, a lot of people are, they want to rush because especially you, you especially encounter this online where, you know, they're, they're in a hurry to, to get somewhere that it just, it just feels, it feels like you're rushing everything. And I just, it's weird. It's a weird business. Um, I'm going to answer this next question for you. Uh, do you easily fall in love? The answer for AJ is yes. If you'd like to expound upon that, go for it. No, I mean, that's, that's really it. I mean, I find it very easy to fall in love. I am very much a feelings person. I get caught up in my, I, I get very usher in my feelings. If you will, I do get very caught, caught up. up. Um, you, you can say I also get caught up in the crossfire. Uh, it's just, <laughs> don't shake your head at me. Uh, go for it. But no, I am, I get very emotionally attached to people and, well, I mean, in, in general, but especially when it comes to a relationship, I find myself getting attached to mainly the idea of love before it is love, I guess, because there's some situations that clearly weren't, but I was still wrapped up in that shit. Um, and but I feel like I feel like that happens to everybody. Yeah, and I, I just think some people are more cautious about it. Than I was, I'm a bit more cautious now. Not much, 
but I would just fall in love so haphazardly and it would burn me. And it's, I wish it's something I could work on, but I know I won't. It's just who I am as a person. And I am maybe I'm just trying to fucking psychoanalyze myself here, but I feel like outside of family and, you know, cause that's, that's a different kind of love in my eyes. But when it comes to girls and dating, I've never had the best luck. I've been a very awkward kid and I'm currently a very awkward adult. So not much has changed. I never really had confidence with women. So I think a lot of times when one would show me the slightest bit of attention in the form of like a relationship and dating, I kind of clung to it a bit quickly. So falling in love in that regard has always been very easy for me. So to answer your question, yes, as Jared answered for you, but that was a little deep dive into AJ's brain. The weird place that it is. I do not easily fall in love. Spoiler alert. Nobody's um, nobody's shocked. Uh, for me, I think, I mean, aside from easily falling in love with Sarah, number one in my heart, number one on the field. Um, Cause I mean, how, how could you resist? But that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. So um, you didn't grimace at that, that hard. So I kind of lost my momentum. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to give you the satisfaction of breaking my heart twice in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in the past I haven't because it's, I, I don't like, it's just something that I feel like is earned and it's not like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I I'm not I'm not a people person anyway. Spoiler alert. No. Um, like when I turn it on, I can be. I can be a very charismatic and charming human being. Uh, but that's not me all the time. And so, uh, I, so typically I'm very guarded with uh, my feelings and the thoughts in my head. And and in order to make a to fall in love and to make a relationship last, I believe that, you know, you have to be more open with that. And it takes, it takes a lot for me to, to drop my guard. It's gotten easier, but still, I still hold a lot back and that's, you know, you got to dig. So that's that. I do not easily fall in love. No, I do just, not. just another example of how you and I are polar opposites. In some regards. Mm -hmm. And that was the last of Lisa's questions. Once again, Lisa's uh, coming in with the big thinkers, making us express our feelers. Despite us mentioning in multiple episodes that we don't like to do that. She gets some sick joy out of it. She's probably at home like, (laughs) I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind doing it. It's just, you know. I'm not, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult for me than, yeah, than I'd like to admit. 
Yeah, she's probably just sitting at home right now, just like maniacally laughing at the fact that we'll have to answer these questions. And then on Monday, she'll hear our slight discomfort answering them and cackle maniacally even more. <laughs> We're on to you, Lisa. We're on to you. So, that leaves us with one segment, brother. Our top 12. Oh, yeah, I totally, I totally fucking blanked on that again. Yeah, we both blanked the fact Thankfully that we had I... to do it. <laughs> yeah. So the we we did these lists, I'd say about 45 minutes before we started recording cuz uh we both forgot to look at what the list was going to be and we because of that, uh we forgot to even do the lists. So um thanks to Yeah, every... I got I got so used to not having to worry about them, but Yeah. We uh we did we checked our lists or we checked the 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 poll uh and the winner which kind of surprised both of us was our top 12 golfers. Yeah. Was not expecting that. No, neither was I. It was uh, that was a uh, little little weird. But we we did it. And I will admit that my my top 4 um Maybe five and six are pretty confident. My last two were for the memes, uh, for you and I, and and you'll understand oh, why. Oh no! Um, and that's about. And the the other ones in the middle are a little all over the place. Yeah, really. My top three are probably where it's at, and then the rest of them could be in any order. Really, that's fair. I'm actually reordering two of them. You want to lead off then, homeboy? No, I want you to lead off. Because it'll allow me to get... It'll it'll allow me to get 11 and 12 out of the way together. Oh, okay. Well, my number 12 is a female golfer, Seiri Pak, from South Korea. She was really the first... She was the first female golfer from Korea. Now, if you watch the LPGA Tour... There are a whole bunch of South Korean and Southeast Asian players all over. But what I liked about her game was that there was nothing really all that flashy about it. She kept her head down and just, and just trudged along. Um, I had, I was able to see her at the far, I think twice, um, which is out at Highland Meadows, uh, fairly close to us. Um, and I just, I thought that all this, with all that she was able to accomplish. And I really liked the way that she approached the game uh, you know, again, didn't do anything flashy, didn't move the ball a lot, didn't hit the ball that as you know that far, but she did the she did the important thing. She hit fairways and she hit greens. Yeah. I uh will admit there's no female golfer on my list. I never really watched a lot of the LPGA. Um, but if I had to pick a female to go on my list, it would be Paula Kramer. So she's in my honorable mentions. She is a fucking dream a dream boat. Um I'm going to name my 11 and 12 together. Uh, my number 12 is Retief Goosen, and my number 11 is Ian Ooh. Poulter. Oh, um, man. The classic Tiger Woods duels. Yeah, they 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 were two golfers I actually started watching a lot more of uh, because of me and Jared's playing in Tiger Woods. Um, the reason I put Ian Poulter one spot higher was because I was always Ian Poulter, and the only reason I was ever Ian Poulter 
was because back in Tiger Woods 07, he had pants that were just the Union Jack. And that was incredible to me. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, Retief Goosen, the goose was always loose when Jared was playing. And, you know, yes. anytime uh, Retief Goosen's mentioned, not that he's really mentioned much anymore, as I haven't heard about him on tour at all, um, but the goose will always he be loose. He plays on the senior tour now. I didn't know he was that old. Uh, but then again, 07 was 13 yeah. years ago, so that does make sense. Um, yep. But yeah, the goose will forever be loose, and I will always wish that Ian Poulter had Union Jack pants in video games. <laughs> yeah. We always picked them because they were the two, I think they were the only two that had the exact same stat number. So yeah, no were, one had better stats than the other. Yeah, and I, I think you came down so. on to Retief just because I was so hard set on being Ian Poulter with his pants. Yes, yes, you were. <laughs> so I took Retief Goosen. Retief Goosen actually made my honorable mentions too. Um, my 11 is Jim Furyk. Uh, I mean, purely on his uh, awkward swing alone, uh, I just... That it's so funky, and again, another guy doesn't hit the ball that far, doesn't do anything flashy. He's just a very, and you're gonna see that a lot with the guys I picked on my list. Um, but I, I always, I always thought his swing was was cool, and in every interview, he just comes off like a super cool dude. So mm-hmm. that's that. Um, and then my number ten, I'm digging, I'm digging a little into the history book. I only really watched him when he was on the senior tour. That's that's all I can really remember. But was Hale Irwin um, at the time when I was when I started playing golf and was really getting into it? Hale Irwin was uh, the dominant force on the senior tour, and I always I always had fun watching him. Um, and again, he's he's another guy. He's not going to do anything fancy, but he's. But he can hit fairways and he can hit greens. I, I just always liked watching him. I liked I liked his swing. A lot of the, a lot of the guys on on this list, I'm going to judge purely by swing. But I always enjoyed Hill Irwin. He was my number ten. My number ten is your number eleven. It was Jim Furyk. I and and pretty much every reason that you mentioned already. I fucking love Jim Furyk's goofy ass swing. It's one of my favorite things in all of golf. Because to me, even to this day, it still doesn't make sense to me how his swing works so fucking well. Mm-hmm. Plus, I like plus I like Jim Furyk because he was one of the ones at that time, everyone's swing looked a lot the same. And then there were a couples, there were a couple like Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, John Daly, who had super different swings, but they still worked. Mm-hmm. And I, and I like that because as, as someone growing up, you know, growing up in golf, you're, you're always, you know, some instructors will force you, try and force you into that cutout of what your swing should be. And I always liked that guys like that were around to show you that, Hey, you can swing the club differently and still be effective, still be super successful. Yeah. So my number nine might get a little shit for. My number nine is Phil Mickelson. I've given Phil Mickelson a lot of shit over the years, but I always have appreciated his game for what it is. And 
I honestly have taken a lot from him in his short game and his work with his wedges around the greens. I have always appreciated what Phil could do with a wedge in his hands. And I've, and I always gave him shit. I don't know why I always gave him shit. And I don't know why I disliked them so much throughout most of my life. Maybe it's because of another golfer on my list and they were constantly battling. But I, I do I do appreciate Phil and he is one of my favorites. I'm sure I'll get a message from your father when he hears I, this episode. I could... No, Dad loves Phil. That's right. Uh, I could not put him on this list for fear of being struck down from my grandfather. That's a, there, see, there's no way... Now... Yeah. Now I hated Phil. Now I'm a little hated worried Phil. that your grandfather's going to take some sick he, joy. He hated, he, yeah, he hated Phil, and I thought my I thought my grandpa could do no wrong. So I was like, "Yeah, Phil sucks." <laughs> so, you know, you can respect him as a golfer. He will not make this list. Fair enough. Was that your number nine? Yes. Okay, my number nine is Tom Watson. Okay. Uh, again, I saw him mostly as a senior player, uh, but you know he's he's won four uh, four Open Championships, and he almost won he almost won his fifth as an old man. You know, had he not missed had he not missed a putt, um, but you know I I always liked how he could play in any condition because in order to win that many Open Championships, you got to be able to play in some shit conditions a lot of wind, rain, all sorts of shit. So I just, he was, he was one that he could play in any condition and be competitive. Okay. Plus that was the first set of wedges that I bought with my own money were the Tom Watson Adams wedges. And I thought that those were incredible. So were, <laughs> were, uh, um, were those the ones that had like the beefier backs to them? They were a little bit thicker. No. Okay. I'm thinking of something different then. Never mind. No. Continue. And then my number eight was Davis Love the Third. Um, he was one that even even until he was well into his early forties, was still a very competitive uh player, especially with how far he could hit the ball. Uh but da- Davis Love is was very underrated because he could really like had Tiger Woods not come along, you know, you could talk about like Phil and Davis Love and Ernie Els and a lot of those guys in the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s when Tiger was running wild that had Tiger not existed, they would have they would have filled that void. Not, not necessarily in the charisma and drawing as much attention and money to the game as Tiger did, mm-hmm. but as far as winning and being successful players because there was nothing that Davis Love couldn't do. He just, you know, he was just overshadowed by the era that he was playing in. Um, but Davis, another one that had an interesting swing, it never looked like he swung really past three quarters until he got older and he got a little longer in his backswing. But I always loved how compact and the motion that he made through the ball and the fact that, you know, he didn't look like he was swinging that hard and he pounded the shit out of it. Fair enough. And that was uh, that was your number eight. That right? was my number eight. Okay. Um, my number eight 
is the big easy. Ernie Els. He, uh, for the longest time was the, uh, I think the most winning or he had the most money earned in the European tour. Um, Mm -hmm. before, uh, being taken over by, I think Lee Westwood, I think is the one that took it from him. Um, but Ernie Els is, I mean, he's, he's a bigger guy. He's fucking six foot three. And I think a lot of the reason why I liked him growing up too, aside from being a taller guy like myself was his accent because he's from South Africa. So I think part of that was a good reason, but I just loved the way Ernie played the game uh, from top to bottom was just super solid and everything. Now, these these next few have switched places about 19 fucking times. Um, but my number seven is probably... It, I think he is actually the youngest person on this list. But my number seven is Bubba Watson. I love Bubba's game from top to bottom. He's just... A, he's a humble, doesn't take no shit kind of guy. Drives long as fuck off the tee. Uses a pink driver, which I find awesome. And he just seems like an all-around great dude. Is that it? Oh, I thought, like, you just couldn't hear me for a second. I got a little worried. <laughs> no, no, I can hear you. No, but that was my, yeah, Bubba Watson's my number seven. I was just letting you speak your piece. All right, my number seven is Greg Norman. Uh, as a kid, he was one of the first golfers I remember trying to imitate because I, his swing is, his swing is so, he stands so tall and his swing is so vertical. I just, I really love the way that, that a, that it looked and B, I just, I love the, I love the action of it. And it just looked like he was, it looked like he was murdering a golf ball. <laughs> and he was, I mean, Greg Norman, Greg Norman hit the ball a long way. Um, and also too, another thing I liked about Greg, I appreciated about Greg Norman much later as I, as I read more about him was that he is pretty much a self. He, again, he's one of those guys that his swings a little unconventional, his grips a little unconventional. He's, he was pretty much self-taught for the most part until he got, until he started getting to, to the tour and started winning a lot more. Um, and then he, and then he started pursuing instructors to help him get better, which I, which I thought was cool. Uh, a self, a self-taught guy like that to achieve what he achieved. And he could have achieved so much more, had a few bounces gone better for him in a couple masters and a couple open championships. Um, but yeah, Greg Norman's my number seven. My number six is Annika Sorenstam. Um, the most dominant female player, hands down, of any generation. I would I'd be willing oh, to put up definitely. Um, but her 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 swing was so fluid and repeat repeatable. And she she was again. She never looked like she was trying to swing out of her shoes. Her action through the ball was always really was always really smooth. I I enjoyed watching her play golf, and I enjoyed watching how she approached the game. I always, I, I watched as a kid, I watched any kind of golf that was on. If, if it was the pro tour, if it was the LPGA seniors, European tour, whatever the golf channel had on, I was watching. 
And I, I think I I always, I would always watch when Annika was on. I think she was the first female golfer in a professional game too. That wasn't like hot shots golf or something. Cause I know she was in a tiger woods. Yeah, you might, you might be, you're probably right there. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> you're, you're number six. So Annika was my number six. Oh, you already mentioned your number six. There my, I forgot Greg Norman was your number seven. Yeah. So my number six, uh, it's probably somebody that's on your list. Maybe a, a couple spots higher, obviously. Uh, my number six is John Daly. He's a, he's a big, he's, he's to me, he's like your, your blue collar guy on tour. He's, he's the fan. He's like the guy he's for the fans. He's out there just to, he, he's dressed fucking outrageously. He liked, he liked to drink. He had to, he liked the cigar and he just liked to fucking hit the golf ball as hard as he fucking could and as far as he could. And I always loved his charisma on the course and he will always be one of my favorite people to watch play. My number five, um, I don't know if he'll be on your list or not, but he was admittedly, it was because of his fashion sense and his pants on the course uh, when I was growing up. Before he passed, uh, my number five is Payne Stewart. Payne Stewart's an honorable mention. Yeah, Payne Stewart's probably <clears throat> one of the most, you know, sportsmanship. Uh, one of the players with the most sportsmanship. He's a very he's like a consummate gentleman on the course. He played really well, really consistently, um, and like I said, admittedly, I mean the man golfed in knickers, and to me, that's incredible. Uh, as a guy who always chose them as a clothing option in any video game I could, they uh, Payne Stewart is just an all around great guy. And his golf game was so fun to watch his swing to me was one of the smoothest swings I had ever seen at that time growing up as a kid. And it was a swing that I was never able to mimic despite how many times I tried but I always, I always fucking tried because if my swing was that good, I'd never would have hit the ball to the right. Well, you would, but you'd have done it on purpose. Correct. That was your number five. Yes. My number five, as you mentioned earlier, is Ernie Els. Um, for me, if you want to watch, if you want the definition of tempo of great tempo, in a golf swing, you watch Ernie Els' swing. It's so smooth. It's so fluid. It looks so lazy. Like his, his nickname wasn't the big easy for nothing. Like his swing is so fluid and so easy. Like I just, I wish I had that, that tempo. Um, you know, he had some problems later on in his career when he had, when he blew his ACL out on that jet ski accident. And that kind of derailed that derailed him for a few years. He's doing pretty well on the old folks tour right now. Um, but Ernie's always, always fun to watch. And I could, I could watch him. I could just sit there and watch, watch him hit golf balls all day. Um, my number four, which I know you mentioned earlier, mine is my number four is Bubba Watson. Um, 
I love the reckless. I love that he plays golf one way and that's his way. And he mm-hmm. figures out how to, how to bring his game to the course. I, the, he moves, he never hits a straight shot. He's always either drawing it or fading it. He, he can move the ball better than probably just about anyone else on tour. And he's his swing again, an unconventional swing, but it works with, with the way he gets so much extension and generates so much torque. Um, Bubba Watson's always fun to watch. And it's, it's even more fun when he's mic'd up and you can hear him being a shit bag. Cause that <laughs> is hilarious. To me. I will agree with that. 100%. And that was your number four, right? Yep. All right. My number four, <clears throat> number four is a guy um, who's probably in this list a lot because of my father and because of the golf clubs that he still swings to this day, have his name on them. Um, but he is always fun to watch. My number, my number four is fuzzy Zeller. He's Fuzzy's an honorable mention for me too. Um, I obviously never really got to see him growing up. Um, I saw him in person when the U uh, U S senior open was here at Inverness. Uh, mm-hmm. dad and I made I a point to go, too. to go follow him. He, uh, He's just a great guy. He's got a great personality. He always had a, a good swing. And like I said, dad, dad was a big fan of fuzzies when he was a kid. And he, he still hits these fuzzy Zeller irons that he's been hitting since I was a fucking kid. But they work for dad. But yeah, fuzzy will always be one of my favorite golfers. Um, number three is a man who needs no introduction, um, who is probably in most people's one or two spot. He, uh, I never obviously got to watch him as a kid. I've seen him plenty on the senior tour. He has probably a, a very well-known name to almost everybody because he has a beverage named after him. My number three is Arnold Palmer. I mean, I don't really have to say much about it. It's fucking Arnold Palmer. The man is golfing fucking royalty. And I watch older stuff of him on video and he is just fucking incredible watching him now, like watching him in person on the U S senior tour was amazing to watch. He's still, he was still so consistent. Granted that was 13 years ago, but he was so consistent even at, you know, his age then that I would have never wanted to be up against him in any situation when he was in his prime. So Arnold Palmer is my number three. My number three, not only because I'm a fan of him, but I think my father would disown me if he did not make this list is John Daly. Um, Much like you said, John Daly was the distance King on tour for the longest time. I love the way that he approached the game. So nonchalantly seemingly so nonchalantly, but if you listen to any interview that he does, you can see, his passion, mm-hmm. you can hear it, you can feel it. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, he really cares about the game. I, you know, among doing other fun things like drinking <laughs> and gambling. Um, but again, John Daly's another guy with an unconventional swing that I love to watch. And I, I loved it because at the time when I first started seeing an instructor, I had a big long swing too. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Until my instructor's like, ah, 
he can do that because he's been doing it his whole life. You should probably think about something different. And I did eventually, <laughs> but um, no, John Daly is always super fun to watch. Um, you know, he just, he's just been diagnosed with bladder cancer. Ooh. So, you know, he had it removed, but bladder cancer has like an 85% return rate. So, you know, God, Godspeed to him. I watched a video a week or two ago of him at a charity event, barefoot making a hole in one. So, you know, he's still, <laughs> he does, he does things his own way and God damn it. I love him for it. My number two, which I have a feeling with where your list is going, we might be talking about the same thing. My number two is Fred couples. I've always loved, I've always loved watching Fred. His again, another unique swing. He's always, he's always hit the ball a long way, but he's again, one of those guys that very nonchalant does things the way he wants to do them. And I've just, I've always loved watching. I've always loved watching him play golf. Say, I will say our one and two are flip flopped. Um, I haven't even said my number one yet. Uh, I'd be shocked if this person's at your number one, but we'll, we'll find out together, I guess. Uh, my number two is actually Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. So Tiger, I mean, it's fucking Tiger Woods. He's one of the greatest to ever fucking play the goddamn game of golf. He was probably one of the most charismatic golfers to ever play the game. He really, he had all, he had so many like clutch moments that were just like, it was like a thriller movie. They sucked you in and not to mention that signature fist pump that everybody's that everybody did when tiger was running wild in his prime. He's when I was growing up, aside from my number one, he was the guy I watched consistently. I didn't care who he was going up against. I didn't care what the tournament was. I didn't care if he was in last place or first place. I wanted to know what Tiger was doing. His swing was incredible. His distance off the ball was phenomenal. And I will forever love Tiger Woods. However, my number one was the first golfer that I had ever liked. It was the first golfer I ever fell in love with watching. And that was Fred Couples. For I mean, everything you mentioned. Plus, when, when the rankings were really introduced... Uh, he was the first American to to really reach number one and held it for 16 months or 16 weeks. And his swing was just beautiful. I loved watching Freddie swing. It was one of those guys where it didn't look like he put a lot of effort in to get his distance. And he was just a guy that was just out there playing golf to play golf. And he happened to win some tournaments along the way. He's the, he's the reason why I play barehanded. Yeah, I don't I don't use a glove. I, I don't can't. Play, I don't play with a glove. He's one of the few that di- that didn't play with a glove, and it's just I think he's the reason why I never saw Freddie use a glove. There was no reason for me to use a glove since Freddie didn't, and that's just how it was. Well, that and like my hands would get all callous. Like I never like wearing a glove because I sweat a lot, and then. That really kind of negates the purpose of the glove. Yeah, I get sweaty hands. It's rough. And then, and then, throughout working and cooking, like I developed enough callus on my hands that swinging a golf club without a glove didn't rip them up. So I didn't really <laughs> give a shit. Um, my number one is Tiger Woods. Uh, he, 
I don't think it can be under understated his impact on the game. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the talk now is that are people hitting the ball too far? Does the ball need to be rolled back? Uh, you know, how can how can we? You know, you can't you can only extend golf courses for so long. Is distance ruining the game? This wouldn't be a conversation without Tiger Woods. Correct. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods brought on this generation of younger guys who work out keep their bodies in good shape and are hitting the ball a fucking mile. Uh, I was just reading yesterday that even though I'm not a huge fan of him, uh, DeChambeau hit, uh, carried a, carried a ball off the tee 400 yards. Good God. Did he have wind with him? So fucking, so fucking think about that. Um, But like I said, that, that would not be a conversation. That would not be in the conversation without Tiger Woods and all the advances that he fairly single-handedly brought on the game of golf. Like before Tiger, you know, golfers were not seen as athletes. Now you have to be an athlete to play competitive golf. Mm -hmm. You have to be in good shape. You can't, you can't not uh, because you have to compete with the distance. And also too, you know, like you were saying with Fred and, or not Fred, because you're just talking about Fred, like you're saying with Phil and his short game, you know, Phil, Phil's a short game magician, but I tell you what, if you put Phil as number one, Tiger is not that far behind him. Tiger has just, you know, just, he doesn't try as many outrageous shots as Phil does because mm-hmm. Phil practices that shit, yeah. you know, and he's worked at it, but man, all those, all those clutch short shots to get up and down to make pars that chip in at Augusta on 16 where the ball's just rolling up to the cup. And it's like that last roll in. Like you have, you can't, you, you have to be good to do that. So I Tiger Woods is number one. My, my grandpa was a huge Tiger Woods fan. I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan through all the ups and downs, you know, through all of his problems and banging subway workers. I'm, uh, I'm still, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm still very hurt that they got rid of the purple, uh, Tiger aid. Um, cause the purple version, because Tiger had those three Gatorade flavors, uh, the purple one oh, was. I drank the shit out of those. Yeah, the purple one was the best one. Um, it was also better than regular purple Gatorade. Um, so I was very sad to see that one go. So I don't know what Gatorade did with that that formula, but they need to bring it back. Yeah, um, yeah, and then and then the fact too that even after all that, you know, at his age, where historically. Golfers are not uh, golfers are not competitive, and to be honest with you, he hasn't been that competitive over the last couple of years. But to see him go out and win the Tour Championship and then win the Masters, I mean, to see him win the Masters again after all that shit and all that, he's not going to win yeah. another major. For him to come out and win the Masters, I'm not going to lie to you, I got a little emotional. You know, I it just it was it was just nice to see it was just nice to see that happen, and I will always be a Tiger Woods fan. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like it was, it's probably more of a one, a one B for me with Freddie and, and tiger, but it, it's definitely Freddie one a. So cause tiger tiger was the one that was that I was like, okay, he works that hard to be that good. And in high school, like that was in high school, especially around golf season. That was all I did as I ate. I, I practiced or played every day. Like that's all I thought about was playing golf. Um, you know, I wish I had kept that dedication a little further in life, but that is what it is. But uh, no, I that was Tiger Woods will always be number one for me. 
Fair. My uh, my honorable mentions. Uh, Mike Weir. Always liked watching Mike Weir play the game of golf. Uh, he was another left-handed guy that wasn't named Phil Mickelson. Um, mm-hmm. And he was just an all-around good dude. Uh, VJ Singh. It, I had a love-hate relationship with VJ Singh. And it all probably developed around Tiger Woods. Yeah, because, God damn it, he took Tiger's number one in the world away from him. Ugh. Man, I hated VJ Singh for a little bit. <laughs> um, Gary Player is an honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and these two are more for the jokes. Uh, Chichi Rodriguez uh, for the sword putter sheathing. And Lee Trevino for his act in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> my honorable mentions: uh, Paula Creamer was an honorable mention. Mm. A very, a very good women's player, along with Lexi Thompson, another very good women's player. Plus, Lexi Thompson plays for Cobra, and I'm a huge Cobra mark. Um, Retief Goosen, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, uh, Henrik Stenson, uh, Fuzzy Zeller made my honorable mentions. So did Jordan Spieth. And that was about it. It was good to see that uh, Steve BGSU made your list in the, in, in the honorables. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Sergio Steve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot how much fun those lists can be to put together. We hadn't done mm. one in so long. But it's good that it's good that it's a it's a that we don't do them all the time. Yeah, we were I, doing I like, like every week. It makes weekend. it makes it more special when we do. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I felt like there was something. But we have that, a treat for next week. We do. We do. Yes, we do. So <laughs> that bitch, aka the love of Jared's life. Yes. Um, there was a Snapchat conversation in um, me, her, my sister, and her brother's group chat on Snapchat, where. Sarah is very well known for being a bit of a bitch, but it's a funny bitch. She's not ever like, she's never seriously been a bitch to any of us. It's all haha bitch. So I, I say bitch with all the love in my heart towards Sarah. Um, but one of her coworkers had said that she's so polite and reserved that she can't see her, her being mean to anybody, which sparked like a fucking, PTSD flashback between me, John and my sister where we had all these moments and we were going to set up a conference call with, uh, Sarah's coworker proving to her that she is in fact a harsh human being. This led to us making jokes about how the three of us should have our own lifetime movie based on how Sarah abuses us. (laughs) So (laughs) we are, we are doing a movie casting of Sarah, John, Melinda, or Emily, my sister, myself, Sarah and Johnny's mom, and my mom and dad. We're all doing, we're all picking actors and actresses, live or dead, to play certain people. And Jared is going to be the judge on next week's episode. I am very, I am very excited for this. So I, I gave you a little teaser on who I, I chose for my mother and I'm glad you were on board with it as, as strongly as you were. Yes. So I keep your eyes, eyes open, 
ears ears peeled, eye ears open. Put your listening ears on for next week's episode. Uh, it's going to be a fun one when we go over go over all these things here. Um, other than that, I feel like there was one other thing I was going to bring up, but I don't fucking remember what it was in typical AJ fashion, not remembering things. But um, I think that's how about I you know I know that we're both hockey aficionados. How about uh, Doc Emmerich retiring? He did. Yeah, he's how- retiring from the broadcast booth. That's kind of a bummer. I always liked him. I did too. Damn. What a sad note. The doc is I. He's he's been broadcasting hockey for fifty years. I mean, still. I mean, it's just it's gonna be sad to not hear his voice when I watch hockey. What a bummer. You got anything else you want to add? No. I'm trying to think of anything else. I can't remember the fucking thing I was going to talk about. So, thank you everybody for listening. Follow us on Twitter at twelve underscore pack underscore podcast. You can follow myself at the AJ Punk. You can follow Jared. You can follow me at Shoeless Jared. You can also follow Jared on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Shoeless Renegade. You can also find him on YouTube at Shoeless Renegade. Just search for Shoeless Renegade. Um, other than that, that's it. I was going to try to drag it on for longer, but I can't think of things because my brain is the big dumb. So we love you. For you new listeners, thank you for showing up. For the old ones that can stick with us, thank you for sticking with us. And we will talk to you all in the future. Goodbye. Go to your nearest local retailer and purchase some fuck. Fuck.